Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, my old sin nature is self-serving. I don't want to serve you. I want to take care of myself first. But agape love is selfless love. Be careful that I don't try to serve you for what I can get. Be careful. Agape love serves not because you have to, because you get to. The word love is used so frequently in our culture today. It may be hard to understand what it really means at times. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the love of Jesus and the agape love that is expected of all Christ followers. Our human nature desires its own way, and when we get it, then we are more willing to show love to others. This is not love. Love is a selfless action that you choose, not a feeling following a situation. What is your view of love today? Have you loved in a way that puts others first at the expense of your own wishes so you might glorify God's kingdom? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Love. It's simple, not easy. Don't devour one another. Don't irritate one another. Don't be jealous of one another. Don't speak evil of one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't provoke one another. Don't judge one another. When and where do you practice these commands? You see, we have to interact. None of these commands can be obeyed in isolation. So what do we do? How do we do that? If this weekly corporate service doesn't connect us, how do I get connected? Well, God designed for you to be in a small group of some type. But here in America, we practice isolation, not being connected. You see, we're too private. Most of us, when we leave here, You'll drive home, and you'll drive into a gated community. Yes, I live in one. You go down the street. You get to the garage. You push the opener. You go in. You close the door. You go into the back. You open the gate. There's your porch. I happen to be on a lake, and there you are, fenced in, and nobody sees you. Anybody here remember the day we used to drive home, and you'd go sit on the front porch? To see the neighbors go by and you talk with them? Anybody here remember when your front door was always open? 
And a neighbor could come in like Seinfeld and go right to your refrigerator and get something. In Vieira, do you remember that? Now we have codes. We can't even get in our own home sometimes. What I was reminded of in these little groups, we've isolated ourselves here too much. So we can't practice what God asks us to do. We feel by coming to this corporate service, we're fulfilling this love one another. And that is absolutely impossible. Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise. Someone has said that friends are like buttons on an elevator. They'll either take you up (laughs) or they'll take you down. You want good friends. Number two, we show love to others by experiencing real relationships. Real relationships. Again, that Word love is the agape love, God's kind of love, the love that's self-sacrificial, a love that cares for the well-being of others. Romans 12, 9 says this, don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. That means that my interaction with you should be without hypocrisy. I'm not to wear a mask, pretending that I love you but I want to be genuine and real and sincere. Because we're selfish, we have to be very careful. Selfish love always looks to see what you can get out of the relationship. Well, I like to be a friend of theirs. I like to be connected because they can do some good stuff for me. Do you know that people come to a large church for one reason, some people? Because they have a business. And they want to make connectivity here. Oh, not for the things of God. So that they can do well financially. That's not real love. Real love reaches out for what I can do for the other person. I have to be careful as the pastor of this church. Because people like to treat me kindly. I can't abuse people. I can't, listen, use people. I need to love people. So what you see here certainly isn't perfect, but what you see here is what you'll see in Publix. The character you see here, not perfect, but striving to be holy. The character you see here is the character you'll see in Publix or on the golf course. I wish that was true in the pulpits of our churches. You know, we see amazing things happening today in our pulpits, especially these TV ministries where people fall, they get divorced or whatever, and the next statement is, doesn't matter, church is going on, everything's going to be perfect, we're not stopping ministry, we fell morally, but everything's going to go on, we're just going to be right. The world looks at that and goes, what's up with that? You see, if you're going to be connected, you don't want to be connected to somebody you don't know You thought you knew them, and whoa! You want to be connected to somebody that's real. Take your mask off today. You know, if you wear a mask, it's not just hot, but you're always uncomfortable. You know why? Because you're afraid somebody's 
going to discover the real you. And you're always miserable. Guys, let's get real today. Let's just be who we are. We all know that we're a work in progress. All of us understand that. If I'm going to love people, I have to be real. Notice 1 Timothy. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clean conscience, and a genuine faith. If I have God's love, it reaches out to help you, not to try to get from you, but to help you. Number three, we show love to others by encouraging them and doing good to them. Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. It's back toward the end of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 3. Viera, Hebrews chapter 3. One of the tools that Satan has in his life that he uses, Satan has a big bag of tools. And one of the tools that Satan has, he has a little hammer. And you know what the hammer is? It's the hammer of discouragement. Boom. Any of you feel it this week? Boom. And he pulls this out. I need to be encouraged. Do you ever need to be encouraged? You see, if I'm going to be real, if you're going to be real, you're going to say there are times that you're discouraged. Something happened this week. A lab value came back. A phone call. One of your children. The mortgage payment. There's always a need for encouragement, and Satan loves to discourage us. So what is the solution to that tool of Satan's bag? Well, often it's the Word of God. See, God's a God of all hope. God isn't out there condemning us. He's just encouraging us to get better. And I want you to leave with hope. So look at this command, Hebrews chapter 3. You've turned there. Verse 13, look what it says. But encourage one another, how often? Daily. Well, who's the one another? You can't turn to the person sitting here right now and just encourage them. You can't get into that kind of a conversation. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The word encourage here simply means this, to put courage in them. So God uses the word of God to encourage us. But you know what else he does? He uses people to encourage us. You see, I want to be around people. It's much more pleasurable doing the road of life with good friends that I'm connected with. And they can sense that I need to be encouraged. They can see, they can understand that I'm struggling in this area. I don't even have to say anything. And they'll just come alongside and encourage me. You see, Satan knows how to get us, doesn't he? And why would you be hypocritical and go, I never need encouragement. Who are you kidding? Life is not fair. Amen? It's tough. It just doesn't always work the way you think it should. So God uses his word to encourage us, but he uses people to encourage us. You see, We need one another. We need human people to encourage us. How wonderful to be in a small group, a Bible study somewhere, and you decide next week the doctor calls and says, you know that test you had last week? You got to go in for an exam. We think it may be the big C word. 
Now, if you're not connected to anybody, that's a lonely thing to do. Yes, we have a wonderful ministry that goes to the hospitals. But even better than that, how about one of 12 people in your small group, one of 15 or 18 in your Bible study, and you share that with them without the details, just say, and they show up, a couple of them, to pray with you before the surgery. A couple of them fix dinner for you because you're going to be unable to do that for a day or two. How one, That's the way we're supposed to function. But we live alone thinking we can meet all of our needs. We can't. God never designed us to do that. We need one another. We need to put courage in one another. First Thessalonians says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. You know, if there's one place where we should be encouraging one another more than any other place, it's in our homes. What kind of words were in your home this week between spouse, between you and your children? Were the words that you used to build each other up? Did you husbands build your wife up? Did you wives tear your husband down? Listen to some of these words. They should never be in our marriages. You always. You never. That's so stupid. What were you thinking? I can't believe you did that. Amazingly, in our marriages, we say we love our spouses. But our words and our actions are not loving. Do you know that some spouses today have become so beaten down because of years of hurtful, hateful words? They just see themselves as worthless. But everyone looking from the outside goes, what a wonderful marriage. They've been married 20, 32 years, 40. Wow, it's great. But inside the home, it's hell. Hurtful. Disaster. Why? Because we're not obeying the one other commands. How much better in our homes to do exactly what the Bible said. Let me give you a little homework if you're married. Here's Balmer's translation of 1 Thessalonians. Here's what it says. So Mark encouraged Linda and build Linda up just as you are already doing. You say, I don't need to write that down. I do really well. Well, maybe not. Are most of your words encouraging? You know, maybe you should be saying things like this. I think, honey, you made the right decision. You're an incredible wife, Linda. Good job. I love the way you did that, Linda. Terrific. But sometimes we just take our spouses for, tell me the word. And we never say to them, I love you. With kind words. Not just, I love you. And the next word is, why did you do that stupid thing? (laughs) You see, in the home, we need to be what? Built up. The enemy uses this in our homes to tear us apart. You know what the next thing is? Divorce. And the kids grow up with an amazing, incorrect view of what love is in a home. God help us. Well, Pastor Mark, is there no place for accountability and correction? Yes. Here's number four. Turn to Ephesians chapter four, if you will. Ephesians chapter four. 
Here's number four. We show love to others by warning and confronting them in love. In love. Look at Ephesians 4, 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. You see, I want you to look at me, Vera, I want you to look at me, I'm going to give you these words, and I want you to understand this. Just look at me in the eyes. Love doesn't always make people feel good. You see, sometimes love confronts. Sometimes love challenges. Sometimes love rebukes. And sometimes love warns. Love sometimes simply confronts. If you have a child and they're a two-year-old and you take them out front and they run to the street, do you just go, well, I can't say anything to the child because I'll warp his personality. (laughs) No, what would you do with that child? Would you run after the child? Absolutely. How many times? Every time they what? They did it. Then there might be a little correction that could be needed if they don't agree, right? Loving confronts. It confronts this part of the gluteus maximus right here. It confronts it lovingly. A little love tap on a two-year-old. A six-year-old, maybe a little more of a love tap. Pastor Mark, we're not into corporal punishment. I'm not either. But that's loving. Now, real love is not blind. We don't ignore people's sin. God loves us too much. So God uses his word to correct us, but he also uses people to correct us. Look at Galatians 6.1. You see it right here. Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, mature, should notice, should gently and humbly Help that person back onto the right path. You see, confronting people, loving people, confronting them with truth has one goal, always to bring them and restore them in their walk with God. So you say, well, Pastor Mike, can can God use difficult people? Let me read you a verse. The Lord's servants must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and patient, be patient with difficult people. Do you, do you know that God can use sandy sandpaper to correct you? You mean God can use difficult people to correct me? I don't like that. Yeah, he does. He uses his word. He uses loving people. Sometimes he just uses tough people to correct us. You know, one of the things difficult people do in our lives, they teach us patience. Are you married to one of those? You might be. It's difficult, isn't it? You see, listen, if I'm going to be corrected, I need to receive it lovingly. If I'm going to correct others... I need to do it lovingly. Let's be people of character. Let's correct one another in love. And by the way, if you're going to correct someone, you have to be willing to receive correction yourself. I correct people, but 
but I must receive correction from the elders as well. Humbly open myself to them. So do you, and so do I. Proverbs 27, 17 simply says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Number five, we show love to others by serving them. By serving them. Notice Galatians 5.13. Viera, Galatians 5.13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Now, my old sin nature is self-serving. I don't want to serve you. I want to take care of myself first. But agape love is selfless love. Be careful that I don't try to serve you for what I can get. Be careful. Agape love serves not because you have to, because you get to. And I want to thank you. This is an incredible serving church. Number six, our last one today. We show love to others by having compassion on them. You see, compassion isn't just words, but it's doing things for people. It's love and action. Notice 1 John 3. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let's show it and show the truth by our actions. Now let me talk about this for a moment. Well, Pastor Mark, what does it mean to show love? If we're going to love people, we just can't say we love you, thank you very much, see ya. We have to show compassion. What does this mean? I'm to love God and to love people. Let's just practice this and we're almost done. Here we go. Get your hands ready. Let's see if we can remember anything from the teaching today. It starts with what? Loving God and loving others. Here we go. Loving God and loving others. And I got one more for you. How much do we love God? We love God with all our being. And then we love others. Now I want to go to the last verse. And I want you to see one more thing. In the world, and we're through in one minute. In the world, there's only two things that are eternal. Number one, the Word of God. It never, ever, ever will be destroyed. It's eternal. The second thing, people. Everything else is going to be destroyed. But the Word of God and people. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Today we learn from Pastor Mark the value of real relationships amongst believers. We are commanded by God to love others. He doesn't command this of us just for His sake. He knows that spiritual fellowship is vital to the life of the Christ follower. Evaluate your life today and ask yourself what relationships you might better serve people by practicing love in action. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Do you recognize the greatest need in our world today? People are lost in need of a Savior. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners with this. A key responsibility and privilege of every Christ follower is to make God known. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He does not see your job as finished. He wants you to take the powerful gospel message and proclaim it to a world in need. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear